Welcome to the Tech Dorks Podcast, where I, Rob Swindell, and my Canadian machacho, Stephen Hurd, discuss things interesting to us and maybe to you, the listener. The show is an unscripted, unedited, unprofessional look into what interests Stephen and I. The only subjects off limits are the three W's, wives, work, and war. If you don't know the difference between ASCII and ANSI, then this show may not be for you, but still, we hope you enjoy. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> for the record, it's actually pronounced Canadian. What? Yeah. No. No, it is. Yeah, it's, it, it's like mauve. We have a whole different way of pronouncing it in Canada. Mauve? Mauve, yeah, you the mean, color. You mean move? Move? No, I'm good here. M- mauve is a color. Yeah. So you're talking about mauve. We had this discussion. Yeah, I'm not talking about mauve. I'm talking about mauve. The word M-A-U-V-E, which... Right. To my family, has always been pronounced mauve, but anyway, I don't know why. Mm. The internet seems to agree with you. <sighs> it's bound to happen sooner or later. Okay, so this is uh, episode one, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, we did um, a test slash uh, pilot a couple months mm. ago, and... Um, it's been bugging me. I wanted to get this thing going. We got all the technical issues worked out, I think. Yeah, but then you went to Barbados. That was more recent, but yeah, we've had other things come up. And, yeah, it was like and, two weeks that we couldn't do a show because yeah. you were in Barbados. Yeah, I know. Well, if we were and very... You were constantly getting disconnected. I mean... If we were very <laughs> serious, then yeah, I would have done the show from Barbados. Really? That's how the pros do it. The pros go to Barbados? No, no. They, the they, they always you know keep the show going, even when they travel. But, oh. you know, since we had never actually started the show, then I guess it could be postponed by whatever. But Barbados was cool. Yeah. Um, one thing I noticed there is that um, other than the occasional tourist, nobody has an iPhone. It's it's <laughs> a- Android everywhere. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the prov- service providers are like this company called Lime and another one called like Digicel. And... Um, you know, I, it's a poorish country. You know, their only real mm. revenue is tourism, and you know, minimum wage I think was like two hundred fifty dollars a week. That's not bad. It's pretty low, but everybody has a cell phone. But they're all Android, right? Which makes sense. And they pay, you know, as you go. They, there's all these refill stations, so like you'll see like a little shack that sells beer and can refill your phone or you'll see like somebody's house and they'll sell you mangoes and refill your phone so (laughs) kind of everybody has like those contracts where they'll you know um take your money and i guess put minutes on your credit or whatever your phone however that works i've never had a pay-as-you-go phone never had one never oh wow well what how do you do your um illegal uh communications then i don't do anything illegal what are you talking about just a question. Oh, yeah. Satellite you phone. Know, if you were going, that's terrible. Satellite phone. Yeah. Uh, but if, if you're going to have um, illegal communications, presumably you would get a burner phone, pay as you go, pay with cash. Right. Yeah. Buy one of those Walmart phones or something. Yeah. Okay, so a little bit of background. Why is the t- the show called Tech Dorks? Um and I were, you know, of course, I'm disorganized. I thought I was more organized, but um, 
Let me see here. This in is the face of reality. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I, I'm the the clip manager here. I'm I'm the one that's got like the audio clips. Um. So. You should really clean that out. That sounds dirty. Like it it doesn't have any flow. You expect like a big whooshing flush in oh. there. Yeah, well, that, that was more like. <laughs> you know, that that like one a, came came at uh, the request of Derek. Ah, okay. He oh. he actually sent you that clip. No. Oh. <laughs> okay, that's me. Is this the one I'm looking okay, for? So Dad, you flip flopped. You went from being like a rock punk kid to a dork. And so usually it's a dork, and then you get. I, I was never a dork. I was never a dork. No, you're a dork now. I'm not a dork. <laughs> yes, you are. All right. So that's what inspired me to name the show Tech Dorks, because my daughter christened me a dork. So there we go. You are a dork. <laughs> are, you, are you saying that is the first time in your life you were ever called a dork? To my face. Oh, I've okay. been called, well, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I've been called a nerd. Why, why or... would they even talk to you if you're a dork? I guess. I guess. The question. I don't know. They would talk about you being a dork, but. Yeah, and to me, yeah, I thought a, I thought a dork and a nerd were like two different things, but apparently they're not. They're if, a little if, different. If you're a nerd, you're a dork, and you know. I don't know that I would recognize the difference necessarily. Yeah, I, well, dork is slang for penis, and nerd yeah, just means that just, you're, you know, into like things it's that not are anymore. It, it's no more slang for penis than geek is is the word for someone who bites the animals, bites the head off animals as a sideshow at a at a carnival. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where it came from. I think that's the etymology. That's one of the ways it's been used, but that's yeah. not. Right. I mean, that's not the the entomology. It's not. Right. Oh, okay. All right. So uh, as far as topics go, I had one. Oh, do you still have it or did, is it with the rest of your stuff? What do you mean? What? My topic? Yeah. What rest of my stuff? The stuff you couldn't find. You said no, you were organized and then you, you couldn't find anything. I was looking for that so. clip where Eliza calls me a dork, but I found it. Okay. okay, so your topic, did you find it? Yes, I did. Ah, okay. excellent. All right. So um, I, uh, I jumped on the grenade for the show. There is uh, this netcast network, what do we call it? It's like podcasts and videos or whatever. It's called Twit or whatever. It's a network. Okay. Oh, yeah, twit.tv? Yeah, yeah, that guy. Okay, yeah. Leo Laporte and all his employees. Anyway, and they have a show called uh, Coding 101, I think is the name. Or it's a, you know, a reoccurring, whatever they call it, program or whatever. And, uh, you know, most of their topics are like scripting languages and I don't know. Right. Things that aren't, none of it really interests me, but they had one on C, so I had to watch it. (laughs) And it's the first one I'd really watched like more than, you know, 30 seconds of. And uh, the guy who's the host of the show, he's he's dressed in a preacher's or a priest. I guess it's a priest. It's all black, and then they have the funny little white collar, you know, the kind of just pokes through in the middle. I know what you're talking. Yeah. I, I don't really know whether that a preacher and priest are necessarily different things. I think preacher is just like what you're doing, whereas a priest is like your title. Yeah, so I think he's a priest. Okay. Whatever. Anyway, and he calls himself yeah. the digital Jesuit. And. Oh. You know, he's very jolly and nice, 
but you know, he definitely comes in, in the name, the sort of the theme anyway of, of the whole twit network is podcasts you love from the people you trust, something like that. Mm. So, you know, they definitely give off this, you know, Oh, we're authorities or whatever, you know, you need right. to trust what we yeah. say. Okay. So that's, just a little background. These are authorities. Netcasts you love from people you trust. There yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, this is on C programming. So let's get going. And that's a little loud. Netcasts huh? you love. It is a little. Yeah. I feel like I feel like we're doing, you know, Mystery Science Theater 3000 or something here. <laughs> so I, I described the, the, yeah, the, uh, the intro, and then, of course, then they, they play it. So, okay, let me try just turning down the volume and see if that helps. From people you trust. They might get quieter after the intro. This Was that the Dolby Toys? Bandwidth for Coding 101 is provided by Cashfly at C A C H E F L Y. Wow. Today on Coding 101, it's a brand new module, folks. We're jumping into C. Oh, good. Boy, I hope this is the one I edited. Well, they're jumping into C now. Yeah, but I don't see any of my edits in here. Uh. You made edits. Well, I wasn't going to sit here and watch the whole thing with you. That would be torturous. Well, I'm not watching it, so. Well, I know. I, I uh, yeah, I, I, unfortunately, this is not what I thought it was. I mean, it's the podcast. I mean, or whatever. Right. It's like a video slash podcast, but it's not. Right. Uh, <laughs> not as prepared as you thought you were. No. <laughs> <laughs> I probably well, love, so I, I mean, I spent you can, like summarize. Oh Presumably, no, dude, the devil's <laughs> in the details. This thing's horrible. Oh, okay, yeah, it's horrible. All right, let me just get it playing. All right, oh, this is gonna suck. <laughs> I can't describe to you and you know what I'm seeing, and then oh, right. okay, I gotta find the. Uh, so like, you actually edited it down to size, yeah, and like with like uh, what do you markers where it would play to the next marker, or you had clips or. Um, wait, hold on, let me, let me you, try. You have? Let me try this. Let me see if this is it. Oh, I got it. Aha! Uh, Lou, let me ask you this: If right. you had a system at your disposal that you could run against the code base, the code portfolio of anyone who might be applying for a job at Microsoft, and it could what tell you whether mean? or not they were cookie cutter programmers or if they were programmers who showed true imagination and initiative, oh, okay, would that, that change the way that you hire? Okay, so that guy talking, he's the digital Jesuit, mm -hmm. uh, and um, this is sort of an, uh, a side topic to the show. They were just talking about some MIT program or something where they theoretically could analyze peep code and determine truly talented programmers from ones that were just hacks or whatever. Anyway, right. so he, but my point was he introduces the guy as, you know, if you at Microsoft were going to interview people. So now we know that the, the other guy on the show is from Microsoft. Ah, okay, yes. So we have a priest and a guy from Microsoft. Okay. And walk into a bar. Right. And they're going to teach us about C. Oh, good. Microsoft doesn't do C. <laughs> you know, I think it all depends on the type of question you're asking. If you're asking for a very kind of ad hoc question to somebody and you wanted to, and you, you know, they provided some kind of solution, you wanted to go figure that out, I think that would be very useful. But most, most interviews today, at least ones that I conduct, are giving some common problems, some, some common problem problems that people see in the industry. And so they'll come in and they'll, answer those questions and you can basically tell up front if they're following what the textbook said 
or if they come up with some very unique, maybe even more performance solution. So it's, it's sometimes if you're if you're doing programming for a long time, if you're doing it for a long time, then you can basically tell. But I think, like you said, if you do an ad hoc solution, I think this would be really helpful to tell as, as you know, did they copy this from somewhere else? Did they maybe do a bunch of practicing before they came in? Or if they just, did they just come up with it? You know, that, 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 that would be very useful during an interview. Let's okay. Yeah, there's been a lot of articles and talk lately about the whole interview process for for developers and i have opinions on the the subject matter but huh? go on this no you the topic is going to change it's going to go into the details of c I well think, we, so. we can come back to that yeah, then okay. we'll, we'll get on to the c because okay. it sounds like uh you're you're setting them up for a bit of a fall here so i'm, I'm looking forward to that okay do a mini module. Let's go ahead and give some people the basics of C so that they could do programming for Arduino or an at Megachip or any other device that may use standard C. Uh, I didn't think Arduino right? used can, can standard we... C. I don't know anything about the Arduino other than it seems. I thought it used like a custom subset of C. Well, it might have like, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, it could be just like a really yeah. time C runtime library, but use a standard compiler. So I, I thought it was actually not C, like it was it was C like. Well, it's, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't actually have one. I've never yeah, actually played with them. It's, they don't have memory to be interesting. I thought. Well, they're they're an eight bit CPU. I mean, I don't see that too. You know, and I was I was pretty sure that they had, but maybe they got a full C thing. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, all right. So it sounds like they've already had some modules. They call it. Um, on Arduino or maybe some other embedded systems where C was the appropriate environment. So yeah. they touched on it. Give that to the folk. Yeah, I mean, we, what we should do For is we folk. should start out from the very basic beginning mm. and try to give them just the fundamentals of what C is all about. Um, it's a very legacy. It's it's you know it's, it's one of those mm. things that's legendary in the in the programming industry. And we want to make sure that they get the basics as well. Right now, before we jump into the module, there Legendary. are those who will look at a C module and say, "Well, why? why? I don't understand why. Why would you do that?" There's so many other languages that that have surpassed C, that have replaced C as the standard. Why would we want to give people C? To them, what would you tell? You know, C is, is is alive and well in the industry. I mean, like you saw with all these Arduinos and all these different embedded devices, they're still allowing C programming. And the reason is, is it's it's just oh, raw nice of them to allow it. Um, you know, it's just you know without the overhead of object-oriented <laughs> programming, it's 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 just raw speed. I mean, that programmers who develop in C can develop very very fast and efficient code. And I think you know, and it's one of those things that's probably not going to go away for anytime soon. And its standards keep getting upgraded. Like for instance, there's the old old standards, but now there's actually some new standards that are adding some <laughs> some some uh, what we call, As an example. call syntactic sugar <laughs> in the actual logic and in the code, and allows you to kind of do things today that you couldn't do in the original C code. So it's still live and well, and it's still being used by lots and lots of people in the industry. Okay, so uh, this is an edit point, and, and the um, digital Jesuit is holding up the C the C programmers language the c programming language book which the one knr you know white cover oh he's actually got the knr one yeah okay so he actually held up the old old standard yep. is that yep okay c is still the best ah. language to learn it strips away all that sugar as you said strips away the framework strips away all the layers of abstraction and really gets you down to knowing your 
constructs, which is what we're going to do. But right. it's also a strong typed language, right? We don't have dynamic variables like we would in, say, C Sharp. You have to declare what type of data you're going to be putting into your variables. Correct. I mean, that's, it's basically the, very similar to some of these these upper level or higher level languages, say like C Sharp and, and Java. But it, it's, again, when you declare a type, you know exactly what size it's going to be and how much memory it needs to take at the very raw level, at the memory, the machine code level. So for instance, an integer is going to take eight bytes, that kind of thing. So you're, you, when you declare something as an integer and it compiles down to machine code, you know that for sure when you put a number in there, it's going to be eight bytes, right? So that's kind of the key. Right. That's another thing I noticed. This guy, you know, every time he says something he's really not sure about, he says, right? Well, and, and the integer is eight bytes thing. I mean, no, yeah, we, you and I know that I've, we have, you have no yeah. idea how big an integer I've, is going to be. I've never actually encountered a system where an integer was eight bytes, to be honest. And actually, he corrects himself later. He says 32 bits. But then he makes another mistake and he says, oh, it, it's a double that's, you know, eight bytes or whatever. Well, I mean, if... A double can be eight bytes, I mean, but it could also be yeah. 16 bytes yeah. or 12 bytes. It could be eight bits. Yeah. It, it, it can be 12 right. bits. It doesn't matter. And that's, yeah. I mean, you kind of say that's what, kind of one of the problems with C is that, you know, they didn't define bit widths. It, it, they did. Like 15 years ago. Well, like the PDP-11, they, you know, <laughs> didn't... They had totally different bit widths than right, what they yeah. you know the first c compilers i used had you know 16-bit integers and um, mm -hmm. i think floats were 32-bit doubles or maybe 64-bit i don't remember if a double yeah the interesting thing is you write c and you do not know the size of the int unless you know the machine you're compiling it right. for and it's the machine a, it's, it's the exact run. opposite yeah. of what you just said yeah you yeah. would see and is it's just you know what you have what statically what you have on the page is exactly what the machine code is going to be Right, which is actually another reason to get one of these books is because they will go all over all the different variable types and you will see exactly how much memory each one's going to take. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, K&R doesn't tell you. you okay. Remember, C was developed at a time when we didn't have the And if they did tell you, it would be on a PDP-8, right? right? I think it... Or a VAX, probably a VAX, They might right? have said like the minimum size of an integer is 16 bits, but there's no upper bound. That's not true. I think it might have said that, though, in K&R. I doubt it. In any case, it certainly didn't define the size of an integer. Yeah. Right now, you, you actually were very resource limited. And even though now you could just throw a bunch of resources at any sloppy code that you want, we know that it's it's better practice not to do that, to, to program efficiently. Sure. Yeah, hey, I, I just did that yesterday. <laughs> I literally just took some very efficient C code <laughs> that used very little memory yeah. and did it very efficiently. And I started just made it sloppy and and split it out into into separate functions that allocate a lot of memory, just so that it would be easier You're to work. You're talking about with. the word I, 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 That's Yeah, but I actually did uh, the exact opposite right, of that in but it wasn't sloppy, yesterday. Though. You didn't you didn't convert it from something very tidy and clean to something that was sloppy. I, I... No, I, I I converted it from something efficient and small into something that uses lots more memory than it needs and takes longer than it needs yeah. to. You know, I did the exact opposite of what he's just describing to improve the code. Right. Yeah, because yeah. the readability and the maintainability was more important than the performance. Yeah, the debugability, yeah. readability, it, it was all vastly more important than being yeah. efficient. But it was still in C. I didn't switch to, to C Sharp right. or Java. Right. Sure. Yeah. I want to correct myself too. I said integers is not. It's actually four bytes. Double is an eight byte. So I want to make sure I correct myself. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> <let> me... <laughs> not always.
Yes, Brian. Uh, Brian, you've been taking C. I know that you're uh, you're taking a course right now. What compiler do they have you using? So this is the third guy. He looks like a lackey. Okay. Guys, just wondering: Is this the Microsoft guy, or is that the Jesuit who's who's just taking a C <laughs> no, course? No, some third guy. It's some third guy. Uh, oh, okay. We're using it's the other guy. Studio. Oh, okay, so all right, so we're doing it the so down not dirty using way. C. You're doing it the hoity-toity way. Yeah, we've been using Visual <laughs> Studio, but then also on the side, I've been playing with Xcode just so I'm familiar with Mac and Windows stuff. So neither right. of which are actually right. C. <laughs> well, Xcode could probably do C as well as um, well. Uh, it, Object, it, it can C? do yeah. C, but yeah, it's an Objective C um, uh, right. thing, and and Visual Studio is a C plus right. plus thing. Well, what's funny? You I know, mean, the, 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 the punchline's coming up. Okay, remember, this is a Microsoft oh, yeah. guy who's going to give the tell us all. About yeah, this. yeah. Oh, you cross-platform people. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Okay, I'm sorry. No, Lou, that, I digress. Okay. Get back to no it. Problem. You could use anyone. I mean, Visual Studio is a great place to start if you want to do really fast setup. You go and install the desktop version of Visual Studio Express. Half an hour later, writing C, C++ code, uh, and you know, compiles easy, easy, easy done. But then the the problem with that though is, you know, sometimes people say, oh, well, Visual Studio is not going to really, you know, get you using the the new compilers for like C because those compilers sometimes change what? very often. So you want to you want to basically um, you want to basically install. Something you. Well, I mean, they 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 just implemented C ninety. They have a new compiler like every year, but they just implemented C ninety nine. Right, because it's not a C thing; it's a C plus okay. plus thing. The only reason they implemented C ninety nine is because it's required by C plus plus now. Okay. Well, anyways, they specifically so, said so, this so is that not a C thing. That's kind of a valid thing. point, though. Microsoft is not quick to adopt the latest C standards. Right, because they don't have a C product. They have a, they have a compiler that will compiler C programmers, but yeah, that's only because C plus plus includes an old C standard. Have to in order to ship a C plus yeah. plus product, it has to be able to deal with C. Okay, so you're contrasting this with like uh, the GNU C compiler, which has a separate. Well, it's it's C like compiler. saying that Word is a text editor. Yeah. Right. You need a text editor, so you install Office, and now you have Word, and now you can start writing text. Yeah. You know, it's sure you can do it, but that that tool is not for editing text files. It's for writing documents, right? And the, the Visual Studio is not for writing C code. It's for writing C plus plus. I I and that's I, what I they do. Disagree. I I write a lot of C the, code. Work on a lot of projects that are strictly C and use right. Visual you C can use it for. You can use it for it. It totally does that, right? Just like Word will totally edit text documents yeah. you can open a text file in word you can edit it you can save it as a text file you can do all kinds of odd text stuff you can word check your text document all that right all all the nice stuff you would want in a text editor is there in word but that's not what it's written for yeah it's a horrible text editor <laughs> well, I mean, for, for a text really file tried oh, it. it's horrible okay. see because right. those compilers sometimes change very often so you want to you want to basically um you want to basically install Something you can install something that's open source so that's more useful from the internet that will allow you to kind of do more <laughs> cross-platform development. That's where I, I like to use Sigwin for that. But again, Visual Studio is a good option too. <laughs> One thing Nest to also so it's the Microsoft guy, okay, telling us to use Sigwin on Windows because mm -hmm. right. it's more useful. Yeah, yeah. One thing Nest to also notate is a lot of times when you see a console app or any type nope. of application, especially in C, the operating system is going to look for this main function, and there's two, there's several schemas. <laughs> Uh, that, that's it's not true it's there's a c it's, preamble which looks for the main 
symbol and, and loads it. That There's nothing yeah. in the operating system looking for main, so that's wrong. Well, in the Windows operating system, it does run main. No. The compiler sets it up to run whatever is at main, but that's a function of the compiler. It could have been called Joe. The operating system well, it is could, yeah. It has something called a program segment, segment prefix, and it jumps to a location, and it, yeah, it has nothing yeah, to do I, with the I'm name main. Somewhat familiar with Elf, but I'm not familiar with PE? Is that the Microsoft yeah, portable executable, format? I think, was... Yeah. PX, P, yeah. P is or, something with an E. Um, syntax for the main function, but in this case... The, the general approach is just to use an integer return. This is an integer type or a number. And usually that they do that for like an error if you want to return an error code to the operating system or something. And then you call it main. And, of course, the parentheses just say, hey, I'm not passing anything in there right now, but I could later so I can put what? parameters here. But for right now, I'm not passing anything in. And then I have a real curly break. Yes, he has. He's doing uh, a void main? No, he's doing int main with nothing, you know, in the parentheses. So he's not passing any arguments to main. Right, so it's void. So it's int main and then void in parentheses. It could be. He didn't type void, but it's the same effect. Yeah. Right, but it's an implied void. Yeah, yeah. The, it, it is void. Right. <laughs> for the beginning and the end so that's of that actually and not allowed. Well, it compiles and links and, you know, right. you can't dereference argc, argv, but yeah, it's fine. Bring system immediately when I run this application, we'll call main and then whatever um, uh, um, functionality that's in there in those brackets will run sequentially. Right, and it just makes it cleaner because if you if you keep just function calls inside of of main, then it means you know what is the process of your program. If you start right. writing sub functions within main, it gets really really messy. And <laughs> this is C, right? <laughs> well, uh, sub functions. Yeah, sub functions. Okay. And remember, one of the things that we want is we want the ability for another programmer, maybe a member of your team, to be able to pick up your code, see from your comments what's going on, and continue with the project. You can't really do that if you make your code a tarball. You want to be <laughs> if you make your code a tarball. <laughs> <laughs> All of my code is available as a tarball, just for the record. Um, I had to listen to that over and over again. Is he saying? Did, did he say look horrible? No, he's saying tarball. If you make your code a tarball. Huh. Tarball. <laughs> I don't get it. Code a tarball. You want to be declare variable, which is basically just a placeholder in memory for. If all you're doing is calling functions, why do you need variables and characters or cheat char, which they call it in 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 C, um, doubles, which is also a double precision a decimal, double precision number. It's not decimal; it's binary. Decimal place. I'm pulling in the. It's literally not decimal. This is the Microsoft guy. Yes, yes, yes. He means decimal point, but yes, floating point is the words he was looking for and couldn't find. Director at the top called math and it has about a bunch of math functionality in there and I can use that to do things like Evaluate an expression or do the square root of something right so this is allows me and then another thing you can see here is I'm using a different variance of the print function um, This print function allows me to use this. Uh, it's printf by the way not print formatter, right? Yeah, so this, we did this in C sharp where you put everything's well, a variant of print right and every, everything yeah. is I don't think there is a standard print function. Anyway, no, it's put s. But yeah, everything is a formatter, by the way. A little <coughs> character in there, like um, curly bracket zero, is in the C sharp case. But this is what they call um, just a formatter expression. You're putting percent g, and you're saying, hey, I want to put a a number or, or double in that location, and then look, the actual number that I want to put is this this thing over here, right? Uh, now, so this is how you do it in C sharp, but we're not doing C sharp, so this is how you yeah. do it in this language. Yeah, and yeah.
Anyway, let's, let's talk about syntax. Let's just talk about Maine for a second here. Uh, so, of course, we've got uh, we've got the Declaration of Maine. Uh, why do you have int in front of Maine? So, again, in, in, uh, Maine is the app is the function that operating systems will look for. And in this case, the I mean, he's not even mentioned the int int stands for integer, which means eh. uh, anyway. normal. What they call schema for that function is that it will return an error. Oh, code we call of that some a type. schema. So yeah. in this case, most of the time people return. Zero. Yeah, a schema, not a prototype of schema. Zero yeah. things are successful. So I'll put return in my function return zero, meaning everything was great, worked great. No problems. Um, so the operating system says, fantastic, this application runs successfully. Or you can return some kind of error code, like negative one or some other number. And then that user says, okay, well, looks like I got an error code. <laughs> and then the, maybe the application defines in their help file. So the user, how would yeah. the user know? The, the shell doesn't uh, tell you what the error code was of a program returning. I mean, that's anyway. not true. Not usually. But no, usually negative one is, is not a standard return oh, code for main. It gets worse defines in their help file saying oh well error code number you know 400 means I okay anything above 128 doesn't get returned to the shell so <clears throat> mr microsoft yeah so that's a windows thing it's i think it's a linux thing as well linux can't, hold on let yeah, me see linux here. can't go above 128 either i i don't think that's true because the the shell actually gets a 32-bit in but it masks off the return code hold on let me see here. Is it is a wait PID? Okay, so the wait function, blah 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 blah. Wait for thing thing thing. And answer specifiers do 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 do. WPID calls process do do do. Status arguments do do do. If continued, if exited, it may exit by call to exit. Exit status. Evaluates the low order eight bits of the argument passed to exit two or exit three. Yeah, so 400 will not fit in eight bits. No, it will not. Okay, so. At 128 will. Yeah. Unless it's negative one. It doesn't say if that's. Yeah, my experience. Well, you could still yeah. return 400. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what would happen. Oh, it ends up getting masked to a different value. You only get the... the... Well, if it masks it to 8 bits, does it mask it um, like signed or unsigned? I think it's signed because I, I don't think you can return anything. Um, like I've never yeah. seen a negative return code from a program. Yeah, I don't think you can. On FreeBSD. I don't think you can on DOS or Windows either. Yeah, my experience um, has been the values range is like either 0 to 127 or 0 to 128. Mm. Anyway, certainly negative one and 400 are outside of that range. <laughs> it didn't connect correctly, right? So if I were to actually output this to the screen, um, you would actually see that um, this. So he types printf. Now he's got an integer. Mm -hmm. You got to see this code. <laughs> it's int number equals 2.2 semicolon. Oh, wow. And then printf in parentheses number. <laughs> like what do you mean? Like the word number? Yeah, with no 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 quotes or anything. No format specifier. No, no. He's just passing two, which he has declared as two point two, to printf. Is going to come out as two, and then it crashes. Oh. He's like, whoops. Uh, <laughs> it's like argument one cast. Oh, I have to actually put in uh, this little guy here. So this formatter thing. They're called they're called quotes. <laughs> No, wait, he, puts, he puts quote, percent I, quote. You know, double, what? double quotes, yeah. Percent I is like, the same as percent D. After but, number? Before. Or? Before. 
He's inserting it. So it's, it's it's quote percent I quote quote number quote comma uh, c or whatever the variable is. Yeah, it's called the the variable is called number. Oh, the variable is called number. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. there was no quotes in there before. No quotes before. Okay. Yeah. All right. But Lou, I have a quick question. Why yeah. do you have the percent i? I know the slash n gives and it what's the, percent the I? extra. The n and slash n is backslash n, by the way. So he put it put in a line for you. Oh, okay. The line. But what's the percent i in that printf function? That's there? a good question. I. So what this percent i does is it allows me percent i is the same as percent d. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, to yeah. print out the type, so I can just pass in the type over here, and I can print out whatever's inside that variable. Um, in this case, it's an integer, so the percent i will then allow me to print that that variable. So if I wanted to put a whole bunch of stuff in here, the number is percent i, and then what the compiler would do, what will happen at runtime is that whatever's in the variable here, so in this case two, will be replaced inside there. So if I run this. So you notice here, I keep getting to put my new line in here. This is called a new line formatter. Uh, I, formatter, by the way. <laughs> I see this a lot in beginning programmers. When they try to put special characters into the, the string of characters that they're trying to print, and it doesn't work. Like, for example, if you try to print quotation marks just by putting a quotation mark in there, it's going to... Okay, so as he's doing this, the Microsoft guy types single quotes in, in the string. Okay. And it works fine. Because single tw yeah. quotes don't need to be escaped. Kill it. You actually have to use a special character in order to make that print properly. Right. So, so the, as he's doing that, now he's changing it to double quotes, but he's using like Sublime or some editor that automatically does um, quote expansion, you know, automatically adds a closing quote. Yeah. So every time he hits quote, <laughs> it's inserting a pair, right? <laughs> and he keeps doing it. He's trying to break it. And right. it keeps adding a pair, so it works. Because if you just put two quoted strings <laughs> next to each other, you know, the compiler automatically concatenates it as one string, mm -hmm. right? So he never actually reproduces what the guy's describing because he's using an editor that, you know, does the completion Fixes for stuff him. for him, yeah. 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 Right. And exactly right. So it might, you might get confused what you're trying to do. Like, if I, if I keep putting, like, single quotation marks... And it works. It will actually output... <laughs> it's working. No, I, I think printf actually is uh, what they call literal. So that means anything you put in there is literal unless you use these special um, formatters. So like, for instance, if I wanted to do a new line or a tab, Ooh. I could put these special formatters in there. And you notice like it puts a tab in there. But anything else I put in here is going to be the exact characters that I put in there. Right. Yeah, just remember. And as he's doing that, he's going right and right. He's, he, he typed a whole bunch yeah. of double quotes and then none of them printed. <laughs> Which is exactly opposite what you just said. Remember that the compiler is looking from top to bottom, left to right. That's right. That's right. So in this case, it's actually being smarter than right. we thought because it's it's gonna it's gonna say, okay, well, I found the definition for it. So the compiler says, oh, well, let me go and run that. But it's warning me, saying that there's something wrong here, right? It's it's conflicting. It's something wrong. So I need to probably so I'm moving. So what it is is he's um, added a function below main and he's calling that function from main and it's warning without a prototype. With exactly. It's an implicit yeah. declaration and it doesn't match. So. Get out of the way. Right. So it would be int. Move it back up Is here. it not returning an int? No, what is, what is the warnings, right? Um, yeah. it, it's a void function with no arguments. So, mm. yeah. And he just copy and pasted it to the other part of the code. And this apparently is a function that he copied from somewhere else because he really doesn't understand what it does. He tries to explain mm. it here. And that, that compiler was being smart. So you've got a more advanced compiler that said, okay, let me look at the entire <laughs> program before I, I stop. But the convention is to declare it before you actually use it. F flush, we haven't seen that before. 
<laughs> so this is this is a that's topical. Uh, again, mm -hmm. SDI, a standard input output variable. It's basically just flushing that. It's a variable, by the way. Of course, it's, well, it's a standard input output variable. It's ever the contents in the standard output the, today, the right file now. pointer, right? So saying anything that. You well, yeah, he's passing standard out, but he isn't explain yeah, what that that's is. That's a variable. It is a variable. Yeah, but he said f flush was a variable. Anyway. You've entered before, oh, I thought he was talking enter, about what was in the parentheses. Key, anything like that, just flush it out. Just don't don't, don't use it right now because we're going to we want to basically get the next character that the user is going to enter. Wrong. What? <laughs> it's not at all what, what it does. It, what it is is it's printing something without a line feed and then he's, the, then it's calling f flush so that it makes sure that that is displayed on the console. Well, that would actually work. That, but that's not what he described. He's talking about input. Right, right. and it doesn't work yeah. that way. Yeah. Okay, wait, hold on. Wait, now see, you're messing me up. Both of them have to be true. So this is in a, this little function is prompting for um, a carriage return or, what's the other character? A carriage return or end of file. So control oh, okay. Z, I guess. Anyway, uh, and it's in a loop. So as long as you hit some key other than those two, it, it'll continue to loop. And and the digital Jesuit guy is very confused by the while logic. Okay, wait, hold on. Wait, now see, you're messing me up. Both of them have to be true, and in order for the while loop to stop. Correct. There. Okay, that is exactly opposite. And the guy <laughs> says correct. <laughs> anyway, you won't get it end of file from Control Z. Um, no, that, you that would be yeah, control uh, in yeah. order to get end of file on standard in, you do control D to, to, to terminate the program on, like on, on Unix, but, uh, on right. Windows, it has to be the actual end of file. I think. Yeah. If you hit control Z on, uh, Unix, it, it would suspend the process. Right. Which... No, no. Control Z <laughs> is the old CPM end of file marker. Yeah. Um, but that's actually like the substitute or well, escape. It, if, you or open the file, substitute, if you open the file in yeah. text mode, then a control Z would do, would trigger that. On, there is no on Windows. Control. On Windows. Oh, on Windows. yeah. Anyway, don't step on my punchline. I hated this part. <laughs> <laughs> Boolean logic. Stop it. Did I... <laughs> I just I thought it was funny uh, because he's like, okay, so it's, it's this, and he describes it, and it's exactly the opposite and wrong, and the guy goes, right. So neither one yeah. of them understand what they're looking at. On Coding That's... 101, we're continuing our C module, and we're waiting into pointers. So it's like, why do I really care about memory? But like you said, I mean, when you have these little type of Internet of Thing devices, you, you have to be very specific. Some, some... Oh, this is the second half. What? This is the second half of this, uh, this module, by the way. It's like the... Right. After failing to explain anything. Right. Now they're going to wait into <laughs> they're pointers. They're now... They're now going to start. <laughs> These are not people I feel should be touching pointers. <laughs> I don't think they've ever touched them before because they look sharp. These little type of Internet of Thing devices, you, you have to be very specific. Some, some of them only have, you know, like the uh, Raspberry Pi. Some of them only have a small amount of memory so you can load an application to it, maybe 12 kilobytes, 24 kilobytes. What? And you have to be very specific about how much, how much memory you're using. So that's why C is really good. Raspberry Pi work. has a lot But in more reality, than that. that variable needs to actually exist in some well and it's how he's they're they're kind of what they're saying is that when you write your program you can control exactly how much memory it takes which you can you can if you're not linking it with runtime libraries or you know well you can still control how much memory it takes i mean that's i don't know that you could get down to 12k i could get well, a program down to 12k well running on linux i don't think so i don't i don't really use linux okay free bsd Sure it could. 12K. 12K, absolutely. All right.
Let me try. But in reality, that variable needs to actually exist in some physical piece of memory. And that piece of physical memory has to have an address because... Are you listening? Yeah. That okay. Physical memory has to have an address. Yep. Anyway... When I'm going to the yeah. hardware, I don't say... What? In I've what got way? a program here that's uh, 7K. I just the binary 7K? The binary 7K. When you run it, how much memory does it use? How would I know? Well, that's what they're talking about. The size of the storage isn't the issue. It's the amount of... <laughs> RAM. Well, it, it doesn't actually use any RAM. It'll run out of a ROM. <laughs> I mean, everything's a constant in it. It's, it. No, I know, but they're talking about a Raspberry Pi where the programs you run don't run out of ROM. They run out of RAM. So you, that's the memory they're talking about, not your SD storage or whatever you're... <laughs> okay. I'm going to the hardware. I don't say, oh, give me the variable called A. I say, give me the variable or give me the data that starts at address this, 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 and goes on for four oh. bytes. Well, what does it mean if your memory has an address of one four four six one four six four one? You know, what does you know, how how does that become something that stores a value? Uh, well, how is memory laid out? So memory is laid out in an, in an Apple in a software system by what they call a stack and a heap. And your application gets a specific amount of stack memory when you when you boot it up for the first time. So it's you know it gets very complex, but it's all dependent on different operating systems, the bitness of your operating system. The but you bitness? get a certain amount of memory, yeah. and that that memory has a beginning location what is and that? an ending location. I think he means like thirty-two bit or sixty-four bit. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Certain amount of memory, and that that memory has a beginning location and an ending location. Mm -hmm. And so, and that stack is um, kind of right in front of you in the forefront. Your 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 kind of what they call RAM, I guess you could say. And also, um, <laughs> there's what they call, call a heap, which is more of uh, more of like if you're using um, C++, the heap is stand, stays around for much longer. So, like for instance, if I were to create a class and an object, the I put some. So this is the C101. No, this is tutorial. part two. Well, it's, they're still calling it 101. Oh, C101 part two. Yeah, yeah, okay. part two. And now well, he's going stack off. and heap. That's he's going, yeah, but he's going yeah. off into C++. Well, you really wouldn't use the heap unless you're using C++. But anyway. the I put something on the heap. It will store it in a block of memory called called a heap, and that will stay around <laughs> longer for the like the lifetime of that object. But uh, the stack is, allows me to just kind of put things on the stack, and as I use them, I <laughs> pop them off the top. And and then they just disappear over time because they're just values, and so what? that's kind of how your memory is structured. It, obviously, it's more complicated than that. But again, your application gets a beginning address and an ending address, and then as you put stuff in it, it you just know, disappears your memory over gets time kind of reorganized and organized in the yeah. operating system. Yeah. It gets organized in the operating system. Yeah, but disappears over time. Yeah. Okay. Here's the last clip. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. So the first exactly. line is the value. Yep. The second line is the size. The third line I use that that little. Uh, in percent, which is, is basically the referencer, and the referencer. So now he's showing pointers, and you know, yeah. kind of the value of pointers. He's dereferencing a pointer. Yeah, and printing just printing out the value, or he's creating a pointer. Yeah, he's the the yeah. derefer the referencer, yeah. which created a pointer. Yeah, is a, a pointer? Value. So did he just do a pointer to a pointer? Well. You're not seeing what's on the screen. So I'm not. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I apologize for that. His uh, variables or names are, are like things like value and value to. Um, value to is a pointer and value is not. Mm. So he's, he has really bad practices for variable names. Okay. And then the third line is me just using the value, the pointer. And you notice now I got the I got the actual, again, the memory location. But then the, <sighs> finally, the final line is I'm using the you know the pointer based variable and it's basically printing me out 
the mem the actual value again. So oh, the nice. key here is Zlatan nice. is yeah, basically like considering that, that value, number. <laughs> uh, that pointer, to be the value. <laughs> okay, I don't. Even, it's been so long since I edited this. I don't even remember why I kept that last clip. Is he using percent p? <sighs> no, of course not. Oh, okay. What's he using? Uh, percent i. Does he get a lot of warnings every time he compiles anything? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, and you know, he, he can't explain what any of them are. You know, watching the whole thing is like pouring acid in your eyeballs and rubbing it around. You know, with grinding salt mm -hmm. in there. It really was very, very painful for, well, this, for the, me. The, this this has been painful so far. Yeah. Well, that's that's yeah. the end. That's the end of my torture. Well, I think. You. Yeah. I don't think I have anything else. Oh, Luke. Nope. It goes back to the beginning. So. Um, C is the language I know best. Mm. Uh, it's not the first language I learned. Um, English would probably be the first language you learned. Yeah, I guess so. Or baby talk. Yeah. Um, but as far as programming languages, uh, it wasn't the first language I learned either. Anyway, um, but uh, God, I hope nobody actually watches that and feels like they're learning something. Because they're not. Yeah, you, all you're learning is that this guy from Microsoft and this guy just dressed as a priest really have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. Well, if it gets you excited to learn C, um, do learn C, but not from them. I don't know how it would. I mean, watching that, I would just be like totally confused. And the guy, the third guy, you know, who asks kind of pointed questions a little bit, doesn't get good answers. You know, mm. when he says, like, why would you care? You know, like, I, I kind of cut that part out. But he asked, like, you know, why would you care what address, you know, something is at? Well, and you're you not going to get an address either. The The whole a pointer is an address thing is is not technically correct. And the, yeah. teaching that is, it leads to problems later. Well, it's, it's a virtual address. but Sometimes it can be. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to be. Yeah. You know, it could be a segmented address. It could be, you know, there's there's all kinds of things it can be. And yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and it's it's certainly not exclusive to you. I mean, you know, you could run the same process twice and get the same numbers. You could, you know, or and, you get and, different ones. Yeah, yeah, and think you're yeah. running. You know, oh, so if I modify something at that that address, it's going to be modified in the other program. And no, it's not. <laughs> So, yeah, I think, you know, you'd have to explain so much more about the machine, and that's what C was about. It was about knowing the machine. And these guys don't well, know the machine, clearly. It's about knowing a VAX. You, you don't need to know the machine you're actually running on. You need to know the machine that Unix was first written on is, is really what C is about. It, it abstracts the machine away into this standard machine. I don't think it was a VAX, though. I think it was a PDP-11. It it was they moved to Vax pretty early on, and there there's still a lot of Vaxisms you see in code. I'm sure. Vax is a good system. I wish there was more Vaxisms in C. There's, you know, one of the Vaxisms used to be the fact that at memory location zero was stored a zero, and that was used quite a bit in old Vax code. Yeah. Do in not DOS, do that anymore. No, in DOS, <laughs> it's your uh, internet, or it's your interrupt uh, It's the reset handler, vector. isn't it? No, I think it's the interrupt vector. Oh, is it the interrupt vector? Okay. Yeah. And then I think if you follow that through, you can find the reset vector. 
Yeah. There's a specific internet. Yeah, I thought you could jump to zero on the PCs and reboot. It probably would reboot. <laughs> <laughs> but, that's not... but I mean, you, it, it would be defined as part of the system definition that it would reboot. No, I think I'm, I'm, my recollection, <laughs> granted, <laughs> it's been a long time since I've had yeah. to deal with DOS, was that the, uh, yeah, the interrupt vector table, IVT, was at uh, address zero. So you definitely didn't want to write something there arbitrarily. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, the, the, you used to see null dereferences all the time, and they were perfectly fine, and they were normal. Oh, you wanted you know. it because if you wanted a zero, there's you have right. One. You just dereference it all. Well, yeah. I mean, a zero yeah. is still smaller or the same size yeah. as as a pointer as an all pointer, but you you could always just do it, right? It would it would be initialized. All pointers were initialized to zero if they were initialized to null, and it was you know, yeah. Okay, pointer I have, and I, integer I, types. I, I, I have a little size. gift. I have a little gift for you. Oh. Hey, what's up, lady? Is that loud? Oh, is that loud enough? It's not loud it's enough. It's too loud. It's too loud. <laughs> Doesn't matter how loud it is, it's too loud. Yeah, I'm from Saskatchewan. <sighs> <sighs> you American ladies, you put out the Saskatchewan, eh? <laughs> so, of course, Saskatchewan is not a place. There are two places with similar names to that. There is Saskatchewan, which is a province. Uh, like three times the size of California. Uh-huh. And then there is Saskatoon, which is a city of like 200,000 people, the biggest city in Saskatchewan. But what is so irritating about that is is that the person who wrote that, Adam Sandler, must have known about both Saskatchewan and Saskatoon in order to in order to write that. And, and it's and funny. So, it's not funny. Oh, why, why not just say Saskatchewan? <laughs> right? Saskatchewan is just as funny as Saskatoon. Saskatchewan. <laughs> only it's no. a real place. Saskatoon sounds funnier. Than Saskatchewan? Yeah. What about Saskatoon? It's pretty close. Saskatoon. I don't know. Regina is pretty funny, too. Right? There's nothing funny about Regina. It's the murder <laughs> capital of Canada. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing funny about that man it's named after an axe wound that bleeds once a month they actually have an Amsterdam in Saskatchewan I've been there um, Anaheim also in Saskatchewan there's there's lots of places with funny names in Saskatchewan yeah. there used to be uh, a song I think it was um, uh, what's his name the old uh, country singer uh, Autry, Gene Autry, maybe. Anyway, and he was making, he was talking about traveling and and visiting weird places. And I think he said like uh, Rancho Cucamonga and Anaheim were like two of the funny names, or Cucamonga and Anaheim. Huh. I don't think it was Rancho Cucamonga. Anyway, just I didn't realize that Anaheim was such a funny sounding word. I've been hearing it you know, so much. Uh, in my I've, life. I've never I really found that it. funny either. You know, yeah. I mean, like love. And Climax are both towns in Saskatchewan, <laughs> for example. And there's a fair yeah. distance between Love and Climax. Are they near Regina? Um, actually, here, here's an interesting fact, okay? If you, uh, you can drive from the United States, you can um, get to Climax, 
go into Regina and keep going and you're in love. <laughs> I'm sure that one's used a lot. I, I don't I've never yeah. heard that one. I'm just saying that oh, it's really yeah, no, it's it's wow. possible. You, it's it's totally a trip you can take. Um but you wouldn't go through eyebrow <laughs> or carrot river. Or moosehead. Moosehead, that's beer. But you wouldn't go uh, through Esther Hazy either. Isn't there a place named something after a moose? There's Moose Jaw. Oh, there you go. You wouldn't go through the moose's jaw. No, you wouldn't go through moose. Well, no, you would. Actually, you probably would go through Moose Jaw because the yeah, you you probably climax Moose Jaw Regina. Oh, I don't know. I, I think they could <laughs> chomp down pretty hard. I I could actually plot this out on Google Maps. <laughs> Dundurn. That's when people get a kick out of. I don't know why. All right, so for, for discussion Smiley. topics, yeah. I have, um, let me see. Oh, different setups. We have quite different setups. Setups of what? Our computer and microphone and stuff. Oh, yeah. So I thought that might be interesting to talk about. We don't talk about it tonight, but sometime. Yeah. Well, how, how long are <clears throat> we, where are we at here time-wise? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Doesn't it say um, in like the little recording window thing? Yeah, I got to find it. Oh, 53 minutes. Oh, uh, what what was the thing I said? Oh yeah, interviews. There there's been a lot of articles and stuff about um, developer interviews and the process and how much it sucks and job uh, interviews. Yeah. Yeah. Why else would you interview a programmer? I don't know. Because it didn't work out well for the Jesuit uh, uh, hacker or whatever it was. You know, he interviewed a couple programmers. Didn't work. Hello, this is Linus Torvalds, and I pronounce Linux as Linux. Yeah, that's my that baby one you want to interview him. Yeah. So, do you know anything about this Linux? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know how you pronounce it. <laughs> Linux. Yeah, Linux. What do you know about Linux, Linus? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, this is Linus Torvalds, and I pronounce Linux as Linux. Yeah. He knows a little something about it. Hmm. But yeah, there's there's a lot of articles on how broken that is, and uh, I agree, it's a stupid system. Yeah, and I think it goes down to how much do you really care, and what are you really looking for, and, and why you're interviewing yeah. the person, right? I mean, every other job I've had, the the manager interviewed me, right? And the manager didn't really know necessarily how to do the stuff, and they weren't, you know, I got a job as a night cleaner once, and they didn't ask me. You know, what type of chemical do you use to clean the floor or whatever? You know, they didn't ask me to to clean anything in front of them. Uh, you know, draw out a map of the hotel on a whiteboard <laughs> and say, okay, find the best path or anything like that. They didn't give me puzzles or anything like that. They're like, have you ever worked uh, in cleaning before? Yes. Oh, what'd you do? This is what I did. Oh, okay. So this is what we do here. Do you think you could do that? It's like, yes. And they're like, okay, you get a job, you know. They, they they rely on your history. Maybe there's no good reason to lie about that, though. You know, to what get I mean? a like, job, right? You lie to get a well, job. Sure. Okay, I mean, so maybe the stakes are higher, you know, with the programming position. Okay, my they, dad was a bank manager. When he was hired, they didn't ask him to calculate the compound interest on a mortgage. Right. That might have been a good question. What about uh, <clears throat> it references? Be a good question. Did they, did they check his references? Of course, they checked his references. Well, see now because that's really what's important. Uh, you can't do that with programmers. Why not? Every because uh, every company is going to get sued if they tell the truth. Well, it didn't happen to me. <laughs> I've had bad references in the past. 
but they that's because they were Canadian. Oh. <laughs> and Canadians are known for giving bad references. Uh, no, I so think they weren't worried about you getting don't... sued by a U.S. company or something. Right, I don't know. But or I'm or saying, sued you, by get, you. you get a job anywhere else, they're not going to do trick questions. Right? And if they can't use references... That. I don't know that. I've never interviewed to be like a defense lawyer or... Have you ever interviewed to be a band? Like you're, yeah, a, band. you're in a band. Did you yeah. ever have an interview? Like someone had, wanted like, to hire yeah. you. Like phone interviews? Oh, I mean, oh, for the whole band, not just... Yeah, someone wanted to hire your band. band. Oh, they just listened to the Did they ask and... you how to play a guitar or how to play drums? They wanted to hear a recording. Right. They want to see what you can do. They, yeah. they, they don't ask you trick questions about, oh, you know... The G string is broken, and you have an assortment of other strings. Which yeah. one would you use? You know. Yeah. Well, th- there's some trust there. They trust that this is a recording. You say it's you. It's really you. Right. Exactly. You, know, you didn't. You didn't hire other people to play your instruments. Yeah, and it's for like you. that for everything. You, you know. You. But you the can't... risks aren't very high. You're not getting paid very much, if if anything, to play a bar or something. So. Okay. Well, any job. You. You know. They. They don't ask you trick questions. Okay. You know. I mean. It just doesn't happen. They ask you questions. They get to know you, and yeah. they figure out whether they think you can do the job or not, not by asking you trick questions. And that's I've ha- I've had inter- interviews where they weren't really, um, you know, programming per se, mm-hmm. and they were. I felt that, I found the the questions to be more difficult because they were psychological. You know, they play games with you, like sit there and stare at you, you know, and not say anything and see how you. Yeah, that's insane too. That's I've never had an interview like that. Oh. But maybe it's a California thing. Maybe. They are weird in California. That is known. Well, uh, anyway, so I, I wasn't aware that people were talking a lot about the whole yeah. job interview thing. But, oh, yeah. You, you, every week there's another article on Reddit, uh, you know, with a long thing about how to fix the interview thing or how it's broken or whatever. And, you know, and they're right. You In yeah. skilled professions, you don't. Ask the, like I mean you're you're hiring an electrician. You don't hook up some uh, blind uh, junction boxes in a wall. Tell them here fix my electricity. And oh, you missed the blind junction box. Sorry, we can't hire you. Well, I got a story for you. Okay. <laughs> so my mom moved into a new place that was. Uh, I mean, it's new to her. It's a mm-hmm. you know thirty year old house or whatever. But um, you know it was kind of trashed. And uh, so they had to put in a new air conditioner. And she wanted to, um, so they had a, a guy come out, an electrician who did the air conditioner and the heater and the duct work and all that. Um, and then they were had another guy lined up to do like the ceiling fans and any other electrical and he flaked. So the air conditioner guy said, oh, I can do electrical. And he happened to show up one, one day when I was there and my brother was there or whatever. And he was like, you know, my brother was all happy. There was a guy that was willing to do it. Mm-hmm. And then I asked what I thought was a simple question. I said, have you ever balanced a ceiling fan before? And he's like, what do you mean? Like standing on a ladder, you know, like mm-hmm. how, why would you balance it? You know? And then I said, well, you know, they can wobble and balancing them is a real art. I mean, I know this from experience. We've had a lot of ceiling fans. I've had right. electricians that, you know, specifically talk about their experience. And he's like, had no idea what I was talking about. My brother was like, why are you giving this guy a hard time? You know? And I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, anyway. So he ends up hanging the, all the ceiling fans in my mom's house and the one above her bed wobbles. Uh-huh. You know, when you turn it all the way on right. and the guy has been out there two, three times has, doesn't know what he's doing. He's tried all the different combinations. Can't get it, get it to stop wobbling, you know? And it's, you know, that was kind of, I mean, I wasn't hiring him, but it was just, you know, a, a curious question. I wasn't meaning to be a jerk or whatever, <laughs> you know, but 
you know, the guy had never done it. And as it turns out, it's a botched job, you know, and he also did some weird thing like, you know, the remotes for those things are wireless remotes to change the speed, turn on the light. Okay. There's a little antenna in that receiver. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if maybe the instructions told him to do this or just thought it was a good idea, but he he hung the the antenna sticking out of the base of all the ceiling fans. Yeah, so that's probably the instructions little, probably said to do that. Yeah, but I've never done that. My ceiling fans all work great. And so the, every fan's got this little two-inch black wire sticking out of it at the base. I know, think white antennas are lovely. I like looking at antennas. I think they're art. It doesn't even look like an antenna. It, it is an like, antenna. Well, I, I could know totally is, identify it as an I, antenna. I just figured, nah. <laughs> but no, the instructions you'd, you'd probably like, do say that. Why is there wires hanging out of the top of this fan? You know, the guy messed up. Yeah. And then you're like, every fan has it. Yeah. How did he make that mistake, you know, five times? The instructions probably say to do that. Because if you do anyway. coil it up, it, it'll receive much less efficiently. Um, it's, it's just, just inside the housing. It's not coiled up. It's just, you just stick it inside the, the base. And it, and it stays straight? It probably curves as the base is so curved. One might say it's coiled up. No, no, no? not coiled, just curved. And, oh, and, okay. and the ones the ones he has sticking out of the bases on the ceiling are all a little bit curved as well. So mm-hmm. uh, as far as the curvature, I think it's the same. Yeah. Well, now it's anyway, vertically polarized as opposed to horizontally polarized. If you say so. Well, it is. Anyway. No, it's probably, I think it's exactly the same. Actually, it would probably say, yeah, it would look exactly the same. It would just be inside the housing, which is metal. Instead of sticking out. But yeah, that, that wouldn't work as well. It, w- it would be a shielding right. effect, and it wouldn't work but, as well. But it would work fine. And it would look a little bit better. But meanwhile, she has a wobbly fan because my brother didn't interview the guy sufficiently or whatever. Or it's a Sorry, defective Mike. fan. <laughs> no. It could be a defective fan. They're, they're totally de- defective they don't fan. make every blade exactly the same. So one blade and, you know, if you took off the blades and reorient, you know, switched them around or whatever, it'd probably fix the problem. Maybe, but if one's you know, like if you, twice the weight of the other three, it doesn't matter how you put them on there. It's, it's that's defective. True. You know? That's true. That's true. So it, it could be a defective fan, but you'd yeah. think he would have replaced it by his third trip, you know? Well, I think he's two, but you know, he could just, the weights come with it for that reason. And it's kind right. of a skill, you know, positioning them and the number of them and all that and, yeah. and not having them fly off and shatter your you know, yeah. window. Well, it's not really an electrician skill though. It is. I don't, I don't know that I'd agree with that. Well, the electricians we hired uh, at my house, that was, you know, a big part of their job. They've hung a lot of ceiling fans. They had a lot of experience with it. Right. I, I can see that. But but I'm just saying that if if you hire an electrician, like just as an electrician, I don't think balancing ceiling fans is part of, you know, your your journeyman process. You know, it's 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 a specialization. Hmm. You know, I think it comes as with, with a lot of experience. It comes, you know what I mean? Just like, you know, right. HTML is and, not and part of a And if you're, you know, installing job, but... solar systems in houses, you you never need that experience. You never get that experience. True. So, I mean, it's not really something you'd necessarily expect an electrician to do. But, yeah, it's something yeah. you'd want the person who installs your ceiling fan to yeah. do would be to install it correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, other topics um, that we can touch on next time, maybe. Uh, the Apple Watch. I thought that was kind of interesting. The thing to talk about hmm. that whole wearables phenomenon. Uh, we can we can try. I mean, I don't know that I have a lot to say about it. So I don't either. But wow. I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, we I, can touch on yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So put that on cameras. Have you got like yeah. a, a note thing somewhere? I do. Ah, I do. Perfect. Take a notes. 
Yep. Excellent. You can send out the meeting minutes after this. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I, like, I kind of like springing it on you, like that whole C programming thing. We hadn't talked about it. You didn't know I did that. And, you know, I think it worked out. Oh, I don't know. Well, we'll see when we listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you'd watched the video and then you had your own notes or whatever, or, you know, you can. I would not own. watch that whole video. I'm, I don't, I'm sure you wouldn't. You'd you know, be pulling your eyes out. No, I would just close it. Yeah. <laughs> Quickly. You know, it wouldn't take me long to, to make yeah. a judgment call on, you know, whether my time is better spent watching that video or surfing uh, Reddit or something. I only kept watching it because I I knew that I had to share your misery. Make, make, yeah, make fun of it yeah. on the show with you. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I, as soon as I saw that, I said, oh my God, this is perfect for the show. These guys have no idea what they're talking about, and all they're doing is just confusing people that might be interested uh, in It's kind of mean to, to start out by picking on people, though. You know, I mean, people that that, claim to be they claim to be experts. You know, did they they claim to be experts in C? No, clearly they did not. The one guy was taking a course in C. The third guy that didn't say anything that you heard, I don't think. Well, he said one thing. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, yeah, he asked a question. Why are you using percent G? But yeah, I mean, it it, it was anyway. Yeah, I don't trust them to teach me how to program C. But I mean, it's just well, I wouldn't trust them to teach me program anything. Yeah, I definitely. Based on what they I said, definitely I, I, want I, I, them to invert a binary tree for me on a whiteboard before I before I hired them to <laughs> <laughs> to teach me C sharp. Show you a Fibonacci number algorithm. Yeah, actually, if they could just do, write a program that goes prints out all the numbers from one to a hundred, and then if the number is evenly divisible by three, it prints foo, and if the number is evenly divisible by five, it prints bar. And if it's evenly divisible by both, it prints foobar with no space in between. If they could just whip that up for me. <laughs> yeah. So you're making fun of the interview process now. Right. That's that's one of the, the big interview questions that was discussed is how to do a good interview was that toy problem. And it's like, yeah, you totally make them write that software and you can tell a lot. And it's like, Are you serious? Yeah. Look it up. Look it up. The, the... A loop printing foo and bar based on... Yeah. Yeah. What is evenly divisible boy? That's ridiculous. Yep. Foo bar programming problem. Let's see. I believe you. It just I've never nobody's ever asked me to do that one. You know, counting the number of bits in a you know, set bits in a value or Yeah. You know, all those uh, things that you wouldn't ever figure out how to do yourself. You know, these are all things that if, if I actually had, when I actually, as part of my job, have to count the number of set bits, I Google count the number of set bits. <laughs> and it has the most efficient way to count the number of set bits is this. So I copy that. Yeah. I paste it. I'll look at it until I understand it. And I'm like, okay, good. Test it. Oh, it works. Perfect. I'm not going to figure that out. I mean, that's crazy. Well, there, there's really simple, easily easy to read ways to do it that maybe aren't the most efficient but right so i just look up what the most efficient is and done you know this was written in 1967 by whoever that's not true you don't look up the most efficient way to do everything that you need to do as no but toy problems like that i do you know toy problems that would require a lot of thinking and end up being seven lines of code i'm not going to spend you know I'll, i'll first look to see if there's an existing solution and if there is one, I'll use it. I'm not going to resolve this tricky problem 
just so that I can count the number of set bits. Yeah. You know, yeah. either so you can pass your next interview exam. Right. Either I'll I'll just <clears throat> quickly hack something up that works if it doesn't really matter, or I'll I'll search and and find the solution and apply it. I'm not gonna take the time to figure it out. I mean, Google used to have a lot of those toy programming problems too. Well, that subject is very close to one of the three W's we're not supposed to talk about. So. What's that, war? Why no, work. Work. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so the other topics, okay, cameras. I'm, I'm, you know, pretty uh, much into video cameras. You're more into still photography, but, mm. you know, between the two of us, we do own a lot of cameras. And um, mm. Anyway, that's something we talk about a bit. Yeah. Um, microphones. Um, well, I think you know a lot more about microphones than I do, really. I think you could probably build a microphone quicker than I could, or fix one that was broken. Well, maybe, yeah. yeah. But um, anyway, embedded devices. We already talked a little bit about uh, the Raspberry Pi, and I have a couple Pogo plugs. I've and... never seen a Raspberry Pi embedded in anything. Well, it's an embedded system. It's not. It's just a small one. Okay. It's a complete system. It's no more embedded than than my PC is embedded. I mean, all it is is small. Yeah. It's not it embedded. Could be, it could it could be embedded. So you could my system. I can put build my system into my car. I can build my system into my desk. Okay. You semantics. know. Okay. Well, it's you know it's not an embedded system. It's a complete system. But it's not a general purpose computer. It is. No, it's it not. runs Linux. It's got yeah. keyboard I/O. It's got audio I/O. It's got video I/O. I mean, it, it doesn't make it, it. It doesn't make it a well-suited general-purpose computer. I mean, yes, it could. It's be not used a good one. It's by, it's twenty yeah. bucks. What do you expect? I don't. You know, I don't expect. It's, that. it's not That's a good saying. one, but it is a general-purpose yeah. computer. That's really what it is. You know, I mean, the the. the I, I think it's got specialized purposes. I don't think you would use it. You know, as. Well, the like the chipset for your home or something. You know. I what? You wouldn't use it like a router for your home, or you know, you wouldn't use it to do. Right, but most people wouldn't use a, a PC to be a router for their home either, or their Mac. They wouldn't take their Mac and say, "Oh, I should totally use this as a router." Right, a router okay, actually true. is an embedded system. Okay, then so you wouldn't you wouldn't do video editing on a Raspberry Pi. Well, okay? interestingly, the the chipsets that the Raspberry Pi uses were designed for um video things that are embedded that hook up to your tv the roku um boxes whatever they call them yeah but video editing requires a lot more than right video know, editing is a specialized thing not a general yeah. purpose thing right no i'm trying to think of all the, the uses for a general purpose computer that you know that i would use one for a typical person would use one for a typical person isn't going to shell out for the kind of system you need to do video editing i mean that's that's some high-end stuff. It's a popular stuff. thing. It's a popular right, thing. Right, but you need a high-end computer for it, right? You wouldn't go down to Walmart nah. and buy, buy an e-machine for video editing. I think the, today's e-machines, if they, I don't think e-machines went out of business, but <laughs> something comparable like that, you know, cheap mm -hmm. computers today, they're dual quad-core computers. They got, you know, gigabytes of You're RAM. You're saying Walmart and, sells a dual quad-core computer? I said dual or quad oh, cores. Oh, okay. I, mean. I thought you meant... <laughs> no, yeah, dual quad-core <laughs> I had one of those ones. <laughs> it's got eight eight cores. Yeah. No, I'm thinking like Costco or, you know, I don't even know if Walmart sells computers anymore. Well, yeah, they do. Yeah. They sell like notebooks. Yeah, they do. And, yeah, they do. But I don't know about like desktops. I don't think I've seen a desktop there in a while. Anyway, okay, you're, yeah. I was just 
throwing out topics and you want to debate the semantics of the verbiage. Embedded devices, you know what I mean. I do. And I'm just saying Raspberry Pi doesn't belong in that category. Okay. Um, Anyway, other topics? Yeah, I think that was the end of my list. Net producer I put. I don't even know what that means. Net producer? producer. Oh, I remember now. I remember. Oh, is that one of your secret ones that you're going to spring on me? No, no. It, oh, okay. it, it was it was um and uh what's the right word? Dogma or idiom or Do something that I came up, up with. I think it's getting bored. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we're done. All right, see you next week. <laughs> okay. <laughs>